What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, where we believe the best idea wins, and we are here to help you generate good ideas. And to do that, we bring on smart people, just like Alyssa Rogers, to talk about how they are growing their business, some of the vision, the ideas they've got to grow their business. So um, yeah, we've got a really cool episode for you all today. Um, going to be a little bit different, so stay tuned. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Alyssa, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Eric? I'm good. I'm kind of nervous. Uh, so <laughs> for those of you listening right now, um, we'll we'll kind of announce what we're about to do here. This is kind of spontaneous, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but Alyssa, our guest uh, from Rogers Heating and Cooling out of South Boston, Virginia, they were a guest on the show about a year ago, episode 55 yeah. for those who are listening. So uh, if you're really interested to kind of learn about their vision and kind of their backstory, definitely go check that one out after um, after this episode. Um, so, but recently, Rogers dropped their own podcast, the Rogers Radio, which is really really cool. Uh, so, in this episode, Alyssa's actually going to interview me, which is the first time this has ever happened on the podcast. I'm really excited about this. So, Alyssa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners real quick, and then I'm going to let you take the floor uh, and grill me on all the questions you got. Perfect. So I am Alyssa Rogers, and I am vice president of Rogers Heating and Cooling in South Boston, Virginia. And like Eric said, we were on the podcast over a year ago and um, did not go with Rival Digital after that. <laughs> we made the mistake to uh -oh. go with um, another marketing agency. And um, here we are a year later, signed on with Rival. They just launched our website and it is amazing. Please check it out. Callrogers.com. And... Uh, it, it's, it's really state of the art. I mean, they went all out on it and we made the best decision of joining rival. Um, and we, I had this goal of starting a podcast and started talking to Eric about it. And he said, Hey, let's do it. Let, let's figure this out. So here I am trying to hone in on my interview skills. And when Eric asked me to be on here, I said, I don't want you to ask questions um, to me. I want to ask you the questions so I can get some practice. So here we are. I'll try not to be too hard. on you. I, I appreciate that. Well, so far you've been really uh, not, you have not been hard on this so far. You've been really, really gracious with that, with that kind, uh, those kind words. So I appreciate that a lot. And uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to see where this goes. Yes. So I'm going to start it out. And I just want to know, you interview a lot of smart people in the industry and across the board, but I want to know your background, how you got to where you are now at Rival. Wow. That's a really good question. And I've been, I've been waiting for the day that I get to share this story um, awesome. because 
you know, I'm on this other side of the microphone, usually asking all the questions about how people got their start in the industry. Yep. Uh, and I feel like no one's ever cared to ask me. So thank you. Yes. Um, I was born a baby in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fast forward about um, 19 years, 19 years later, here I am a 19 year old. I'm in college. I originally went to college to study music. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a drummer, still am, been playing the drums since I was 10. Um, I had this thought that I was going to be like a professional rock drummer. I was like, I'm going to be a rock drummer. I'm just going to travel the world and, you know, do rock and roll things. So I thought for some reason that meant I needed to go to college and study music. Um, later, I find out that most rock drummers don't do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> first semester actually i went to western kentucky university on a music scholarship originally and did that for a semester um went back let me think about this yeah so second semester wasn't loving it i was like oh boy um this is like a lot of like music theory and like music history and like all of this stuff and i was like this is not rock and roll man and i, I kind of found out that your options when you go to school for music are two things. One, you become a teacher, a music teacher, or two, um, you can do music performance, which is what I thought I wanted to do. But then they were like, yeah, it's pretty tough. Cause like what you go to school for, for music is not like rock and roll. It's like classical, like orchestra, musical type stuff. And I was like, Ooh, that's not me either. Um, so I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I could do this whole teaching thing. So uh, second semester towards the end of it, I had to shadow a school for two weeks and I promise listeners, this story is about to get good. Uh, I'm, so my dad has a friend who's a teacher at a high school and I, and he'd reached out and I'd arranged my, my shadowing and I'm there shadowing her class, which was fine. And then in between classes I'm going and I'm like, I was like, Oh gosh, like they're dealing with so many kids. Like the kids were fine. I know it's like, sometimes their parents suck, but, um, I'm in between classes. I'm going to get water and a fight breaks out. And here I am 19 years old. These kids fighting are like a year, two years younger than me. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? And so here I am a 19 year old student at Western Kentucky university, breaking up a high school fight. <laughs> and oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, Oh no. I was like, I don't think I could do this. I don't, I don't know if I'm cut out to be a teacher. Um, so left there, told my dad, I was like, dad, I don't, I don't think I want to be a teacher. Um, went straight to my advisor's office and was like, I want to switch my major to something. I don't know what, but I want to switch it. Um, and so I decided I wasn't going to make a rash decision and just change it on the spot. So I was like, I'm going to give it some time think about it. Uh, at the time I had a connection at a company called Warwick plumbing and heating okay. in uh, Southeastern Virginia, which is a large commercial, like industrial contractor now they're uh, now they're warwick mechanical group and they've got like an industrial like a fabrication division and they do a lot of like big like hotels and like if you've ever been to norfolk virginia they did the uh the new hilton and the marriott and, like all these big hotels cool. so i get an apprenticeship at warwick plumbing and heating and i start there at, in the warehouse that summer and i was like i might not go back to college at this point and don't really know what i want to do and so I get there and I'm working in this warehouse. It's me, uh, this guy named Dobby. And then the warehouse manager, his name was Danny. And I get there and the first day I'm just like doing what warehouse people do, organizing shelves. I mean, I had, I had this warehouse in like 
three or four weeks, like it was organized like a library. It's like the awesome. following the Dewey decimal system. And it's like when those contractors came by looking for pipe fittings, I knew exactly what bay it was in. I was like Johnny on the spot with these, you know, all that leftover parts from jobs. And so I did that for three, four weeks, about a month. And then I got promoted to parts runner. Oh, so I was like, I, know, I was really how old were you? Were you still, what, how old? I just turned 20 because my birthday's in June. So I started, I was 19. Uh, after my 20th birthday, I was there for a few weeks. And then, okay. so um, here I am, 20 year old, um, running parts. And uh, I think Alyssa's frozen right now. You good? Okay, there we go. So here I am, a 20 year old. I'm running parts up and down Virginia, down into Elizabeth City, Richmond, Northern Virginia, all over because they have contracts all over the state and in North Carolina. And so I spend that summer just immersed in plumbing and heating job sites. I mean, I'm helping them put rooftop units on schools and dropping off pipe hangers and organizing warehouses. And I spent probably half my summer in Fastenal picking stuff up, the other half in Ferguson picking stuff up, mm -hmm. dropping it off at job sites. And I was talking to a foreman one day, and this was 2014. And the foreman was like, I was like, man, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know, like if I really want to go back to school or not. And uh, it's like, I, I mean, I, obviously, I'd, I don't know if I want to be like a parts runner, but I was like, this is kind of cool. And he was like, nah, man, you should go back to school. He was like, you don't want to do this. And I was like, well, at the time, I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, you guys all seem like you're, you know, you're loving this and you're making good money. And he was just like, nah, he's like, you seem like, you know, you don't really seem like you are the type of want to like climb up in attics and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I kind of hate this. Like, <laughs> climb, like I was up on our school rooftop helping them drop a rooftop union onto a, you know, onto the roof. And I was like, this is, this is just, isn't me like climbing up ladders and stuff. And so I'd always kind of had like this knack for like social media and like marketing and stuff. Like when social media first came out, I was all over it. Like I was helping kids like design their MySpace page and HTML. What? Back so the songs <laughs> and the backgrounds had to yeah. all synced up and matching. Yeah. So like I had, I had like, I had accounts and this is no joke. Like I was literally like, <laughs> like almost running a web, like a, a MySpace web design company in like middle school. And I had friends and I did this. And in return, they had to put me in their top eight friends. <laughs> Like I didn't accept payment. Selling and negotiating. So, so I'm over here selling MySpace web design and uh in, in return for like HTML. And so I've always kind of had this knack for like the internet and MySpace and stuff. And uh at the time, Western Kentucky had just released a um within their marketing in the business college, they had a social media marketing course, like a track. It was like a certification. And um my dad was like, You should check that out. Like I think that might be something that's kind of up your alley. And I was like, why not? Social media is cool and all. And so fast forward about a semester, I, I dropped my scholarship, joined the, the business college to do marketing with a concentration in social media. And I meet this other guy, his name's Cyrus, and I doubt he listens to this, but he had started a Twitter account that like made fun of like the fraternities and stuff. And so <laughs> we kind of join up with like a lot of other people were on this account doing all this stuff, make it, it's like college humor type stuff. Um, that account ended up getting acquired by Barstool Sports. Cool. And it turned into uh, they started like their campus division. So like every school now has like their own like barstool account. And so that was kind of when I was like, I was like, there, there's like all, there's money in this stuff, like yeah. the whole online marketing and memes and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I spent the next 
see that's my sophomore year, sophomore, junior, senior year, senior year, part two, because I was there for a fifth year, uh, just learning everything I could about marketing and building websites on the side for people and, you know, doing freelance projects all over the place. And I was like, this is really cool. did an internship at a marketing agency when I was in college. And then when I got out, I was like, I want to go check out the corporate world. So went and worked at a place called Humana, which I'm sure a lot of people know of. They sell health insurance, stayed there for about six months. Not that cool. Um, And so my wife and I decided to move. She was my fiance at the no, we were married at this point. We, so my wife and I decided we we're going to move back to back home to Virginia Beach um, because she's a dental hygienist and the she was working for Aspen Dental and they were opening an office in Norfolk, Virginia. So we moved back to Virginia Beach. Um, I had no job at this point, really. I was like working kind of part-time remote for Humana, doing a few projects, but they were like, you got to find a new job by February or like we're just going to have to like, you know, part ways. And I was like, that's cool. So I see a listing online for an SEO specialist uh, for a company called Mosquito Joe, which is an outdoor pest control company, as many of you may know. Um, They're a franchise. They've got, I don't know, probably probably over 300 at this point across the country. So I'm here doing SEO at this point for Mosquito Joe. Well, then about a week after starting there, they get acquired by a company called the Dwyer Group, which then this is like, they're like playing this like leap leapfrog game here. Dwyer Group then rebrands to Neighborly, which is a home services franchisor. And so, um, so for those of you who don't know, Neighborly's got like AirServe, Mr. Rooter, Mr. Electric, Mr. Handyman, Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, you name it. They've got all these franchises across the country and across Canada and the UK. So they roll up the Mosquito Joe employees into Neighborly. So now I was doing websites and SEO and stuff like this for multiple brands for the amount of time I was there before I ended up leaving. Um, and that was when COVID hit. And then of course, you know, the whole world rattled when COVID hit. Um, and then, yeah, I just felt like one day I was on Twitter looking for freelance work. Cause I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I could just like go. My, my dream was like, I want to go just be like a surfer dude that like sits at the coffee shop and like just builds some websites for freelance and then just kind of like rides around town on my bike. Um, and so I was like, oh, I need to get some freelance accounts first. Yeah. So naturally I start like building up my personal brand and kind of wheeling and dealing with some people trying to find some freelance work. And I meet someone on Twitter named Eric Olson, who's in this office right now with me. And at that time, his agency was uh, segmenting into um, like more like law firms and a different niche than what they were serving. And I had commented on this live stream video he was doing and was like, hey, if you guys are turning away work that you don't want, I will gladly be a referral partner for you. And then about two or three days go by, we meet up at a Starbucks. So I meet with him and Kevin. Kevin Daisy is his business partner. So we meet at the Starbucks and they were like, yeah, we, you know, we might, you know, start another company uh, to do like home services or some type of, you know, niche agency. And so that was a win. No, that was a Monday when we met at a Starbucks, I think. And then I quit my job that Wednesday and we started Rival Digital the next Monday. Oh, so, wow. And then and here, here we are. are. Yeah. So that was October 5th, 2020 when we started Rival. 
And here we are almost two years later, got 22 clients across the country, uh, client in Canada, and I'm just loving every second of it. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, from drummer to social media to all of the things, look at where you are now. You are definitely a leader in the home industry, um, the home service industry. So congratulations on that, on making that happen within the last two years. <laughs> Thank so you. That's feet. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, here I was thinking I was going to be a rock and roll drummer. And here I am now just hosting a podcast and doing cool things for, for contractors like yourself. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And it's so awesome to see that and be, be a part of that. I feel like, um, we've watched it, um, watched you grow along the way and, um, the listenership that you have on this podcast is very exciting. And so what made you want to start the podcast and when did you start the podcast? So we started the podcast. Our first episode, I think was December of 2020. Um, and th the main reason for starting it was just because I had, well, we, we knew that like podcasting was kind of like the route to take for like B2B businesses. Yes. Um, and I, we also knew that like, the quickest way to build thought leadership was to host a podcast and not talk. So I was like, I, people like I could get on a podcast and just talk about marketing all day, but no one would be listening. Cause I had no following. I had no name. I had no anything. And so we were like, all right, well let's just reach out to the smartest people with the biggest followings and have them on the podcast and then we'll post it and tag them and then they'll share it. And that's kind of been the snowball effect. Uh, that's really kind of helped grow it. Yeah. And um, as someone just starting a podcast, how did you feel reaching out to these people that are like industry trailblazers? Were you nervous or what, like, how did it feel when you didn't get a response or they did respond and actually sign up? Um, yeah, it was, it was a little nerve wracking at first. Cause you're like, you know, a total stranger. And like it, the contractors listening to this right now, you guys know how often you get hit up with like bogus baits and stuff where they're just like, here's a too good to be true offer. And then they turn around and they're like, Hey, do you want 50 installs this month? Cause we got the secret sauce and we're a marketing company. Um, so I was a little nervous cause I was like, these people are going to think that I'm like Trojan horsing them. And this is like a huge scam or setup. Um, and you know, I did get turned down a handful of times by folks, but, uh, I try, I, you know, I always try to like, not let it like phase me too much, but for the most part, I feel like a lot of the people we reached out to were very receptive and, um, were actually willing and glad to get on because, um, you know, a lot of just like, you know, for me to be on someone else's podcast, like it's, it's good, uh, for your own brand awareness and for your own thought leadership. So I think a lot of people for the most part were really accepting and open to the idea that's awesome. And you spoke of, you know, everyone getting these emails with these scans and, oh, another marketing agency. So um, it's so true. There are so many marketing firms out there saying mm -hmm. they can do all of the things. So what do you feel sets Rival Digital apart from the others, especially in our industry? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And that's actually something I was asked uh, a couple of days ago when I was talking to a prospective client. And, you know, I, th I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of agencies and 
I would I would go ahead and say that most all of them can build you a really nice website and most all of them can do a good job running your Google ads and can do a good job, you know, managing your SEO. Um, but what it really comes down to is like the relationship. And mm-hmm. so I think where a lot of agencies go wrong is they spread their their team too thin with too many accounts. Um, and then they lose that kind of that personal connection with the client. And so that's one thing that I've really tried to focus in on is like, not just provide a good service, but also just be a, a good friend to them, uh, be someone that they could text or call. Uh, so having that relationship, I think is, is probably the big thing that sets us apart. Also, everything we do is done in America. So if you're listening to this and you want an American made website, hit us up. <laughs> yes. And I can, I can attest to the relationship because um, you stayed in touch with us along the way. And even though we turned you down in the beginning, it didn't stop you from just checking in and being involved in what we had going on. And, and then when you, you know, we finally did bring you on, it was, the relationship was already there. And so Mm -hmm. it's just growing from here. So it's a pretty, I, I can really attest to the relationship side of rival digital for sure. Yeah. And I know you only bring on, you know, it's more boutique, right? So you mm-hmm. can customize whatever the um, customer or the client wants, right? Yeah. So we, we only take two clients a month. Uh, and that's kind of like been our, the reason for that is because we want to make sure that like we're delivering a good, like you said, boutique experience where mm-hmm. we really come alongside of our clients. And we found that if we, there's been months where we've taken three before we kind of set this rule. And it was like, oh gosh, we were just like running crazy, like just pushing pixels, trying to get everything done and client communications were kind of falling through. And I was like, we can't, like, we've got to really stick to this two client a month rule. Um, And so that's where we've really kind of drawn our line in the sand is like two clients a month. Um, And that's not for us, like, cause we could take 10 clients a month and make more money. Um, But it's really for the contractor because we know y'all get it the best experience. You'll stay happy. Um, And as a result, you know, the partnership will last if we just kind of limit who we, um, how many people we serve every month. Yeah. And with, I mean, with the amount of people that you bring on the podcast and the amount of um, contractors that you bring in each month, you are a trailblazer in the industry and you are a leader. I look at you as a leader. I know many others do. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to be a leader in the home service industry? Uh. <laughs> I know my team's going to listen to this and probably laugh at me because they know who I really am on our daily huddles and in our well, random meetings us and stuff. Who you really are? <laughs> um, have you ever seen The Office? I'm like Michael Scott. <laughs> Just uh, it's yeah. I mean, it means a lot that you know the thoughts that are shared, you know, that I have are received from people. Cause you know, no one likes to talk to an empty room. You know, it, it does mean a lot that, you know, people look up to me. I find it funny sometimes that people look up to me. Cause I'm just like, I'm just such like a happy go lucky, not super serious kind of guy. Um, so it does mean a lot. And it's definitely been um, not just like a, not really a personality shift, but definitely more of a mindset shift and being like, Hey, I got to like be serious sometimes. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, you know, act in a professional manner because people are listening to my podcast and people call and they're like, Hey, I listened to your podcast and you said this, this, and this, um, I need help. Can you please tell me what to do? And I'm like, Oh crap. People actually 
or like right. taking my advice. So like, I got to be like serious about this. Um, and so it does mean a lot. It is, uh, it is definitely a, a change for sure to, to know that people actually care to know what I have to say. Um, but I, I mean, I appreciate it. I love it. It's, it's just so much fun. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, in outside conversations that we've had, you know, I know you have high ambitions and you want to grow and you have tons of goals. So what would be, what would you say is your number one goal right now? Ooh, that's good. So I would say, uh, selfishly, I would love to see uh, rival, you know, crack that first million dollar mark. We haven't done it yet. Um, so I know that's a, like a big, kind of a big peak for a lot of people to hit or their first like break point or their first goal or milestone, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's definitely our first like milestone goal is to hit that. Um, that's kind of like the ambitious business person in me that wants to do that. Yeah. Um, I would say just like the other like main goal is I really just want to like create a place here where, um, people want to work. Like I want to, I want to have a business where people want to come work here and know that like, this is an environment that's open for learning and like there's opportunities to join a, you know, a company that's a little bit different than what you would typically get at an ad agency, which is just like, you know, get burnt out and leave type of company. Um, so I really just want to create a good culture where people feel comfortable to come learn and grow and have a career. Yeah, that's great. And I read something um, the other day and it's been on my mind ever since. So let's do it. Let's do it right now. So I read that September 1st means we have four more months in the year. We need to pick one goal and focus on that one goal, obsess over it to make it happen by the first of the year. So what would be that one goal that you are going to obsess over? And I'll hold you accountable to this um, for the rest of the year. Ooh, that's really, that's really good. It could um, be any, personal or professional. Ooh. Hmm. So I would say, I would say my one goal uh, for the rest of the year would be 100% client retention. That's yeah. something that I'm really like, really, really kind of a stickler about is client retention. Just like, I, I just, I don't want us to be the place where people come get a website and leave or cause there's just so much it's agency so hopping. So many people just, you know, hop agencies. And I really want, um, I really want us to be a place where people come and form like long-term partnerships. So uh, I would say definitely hundred percent client retention is the goal. Okay. All right. I like out. I'll, I'll keep checking in on that. You play a part in that. So please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. You don't have to worry there. <laughs> you have one. All right. There we go. <laughs> that I know of. Yeah. Um, so this is my favorite question of all time. And I'm going to ask you, uh, I ask everyone this. Uh, it's how I get to know who they look up to. And I just think it's fun. So if you could have dinner with one living person outside of your family, who would it be? Oh, I remember we talked about this once and I, I given you an answer at the time, but I think it's changed since then. Okay. Um, so that's tough though. Cause the, I remember the person I told you was really, really good. Um, but I'm afraid that Spotify might shadow ban me. So <laughs> I don't know if I can, if I can give that answer, that same one. So who would be number two? 
Number one is number 45. If you kind of catch my drift, um, but Twitter, or you know, I don't want the world to uh, Spotify to shut down the podcast. Um, uh, that's good. Hmm. Dinner with one person, one living person that isn't family. Yeah. Ooh. I would, I know this is probably like, this is actually, no, no, I would say Andy Frisella. I know that that's like not probably a common response to this. And a lot of people are probably thinking like Elon Musk or Warren Buffett. Right. Um, but I think Andy Frisella would be really cool to meet with because that guy, I, I really, um, <clears throat> I really admire his podcast. And I really admire like his, some of his leadership thoughts. So I think that would be a really good, really good conversation for like mindset and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good one. How about you? Who would yours be? Oh, gosh. So I would love this. Is, I would love to have dinner with probably Kris Jenner. She's a marketing genius. Mm -hmm. And I'm all I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of them. I have a lot of local people that I would like to have dinner with. Yeah, that I hope to get on the podcast, but. But yeah, yeah, that would I'm be, very that would into be marketing and I, I just in branding is super um, important to me and the importance of it. And I just look up to people that just kill it in the branding and marketing game. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, that would be a good one. Yeah, I think it would be cool to talk to someone like a like a really good marketer. Um, maybe like Dan Ogle. I can never say his last name right. Uh, Dan Ogilvy, he's like the OG, like advertising expert, like Seth Godin or something like that. Yeah, those people would be really cool to talk to. Yeah, there's some cool ones out there. I love that question. And um, if you interview at Rogers, we ask that question in every every interview just to get to know um, know our possible future employees and who they look up to. So thank you for answering that. It always puts yeah. people on the spot. And when we do hire yeah. people. I mean, they're like, oh gosh, I, I just, that was the hardest question. I really had to think of that one. Yeah. So uh, did, I don't know if I told you this, but one of the questions you told me about um, for your interviewing process, we implemented in our interviewing process because we are, we're hiring an account manager, like our first like client success type uh, position. And one of the questions you had told me to ask them was how many unread text messages do you have on your phone? And that one was really, really good because you would get the people like the people who were really serious about being inbox zero. They were like immediately, they were like zero. I can't stand having that. I like, it drives me nuts if I have it. And I'm like, yes, I can tell you're telling the truth. And then you'd have the ones that were like, uh, I've got like 280, but most of them are like family messages and marketing messages. And I'm like, nope, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Like yep. if you can't, if you can't text your mom back, you're not going to text our clients back and that's going to be a problem. It's so important. It's yeah. like the best way to really get to know someone because we have our phones on us all the time. So mm -hmm. oh, it's organization skills. It's awesome. So yeah. you mentioned the people that really know you. So who is the real Eric Thomas? Who are you on the outside, uh, in the outside world? Oh boy. Um, what do you like I'm to do? So I enjoy, um, I enjoy surfing. 
Yes. So because we, yeah, I live in Virginia Beach, so I like surfing when I can. It's kind of it's kind of tough because the best times to go are like first thing in the morning or like right at dinner time. And so, you know, right as I wake up, I'm usually scattering around the house, walking the dog, doing this all this other stuff. But um, I enjoy surfing when I can. I really do. Um, I enjoy woodworking. Uh, really, kind of just like any type of home renovation. Like I'm really into like just fixing things around the house. Um, and then going to the beach. I mean, it's, we live at the beach, so go there just about every weekend when we can. So just a go with the flow kind of guy. Definitely yeah. Beach vibe. Yeah. Just kind of going with it and seeing, you know, where life takes me. Uh, just kind of going with the motions, I guess, or going with the waves. Some of them say, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would say my personality kind of overlaps between work and regular life. Well, you're definitely a driven individual, uh, definitely someone to look up to. And I just appreciate all the help that you have provided Rogers, Heaton and Coolin through all of this and continue to do so and uh, helping me with my interview skills today, since I'm still very new at this and I really enjoy getting yeah. to know you. I'll end on another interview question we do here. So uh, on a scale from one to 10, rate me as an interviewer. How did I do today? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm afraid that I, uh, I wouldn't want to ask that, but I, that's really brave of you to ask. <clears throat> I would give you a nine. Oh, why a nine? Uh, well, here, here's, I'd say like the, the number one skill of interviewers that a lot of people don't have that you have. And Paul Redman also has Paul from uh, contractor commerce. Um, I would say you two both have this, this skill and that is ask the question and then shut up. And like a lot of podcast hosts don't do that. They'll like, they'll interject and they'll start talking. And like, it's like, like, I want to hear this person answer the question. So you did a really good job of asking the question. Like that first question I talked for like 10 minutes and there wasn't a peep. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good interviewing skill. Well, do you know who I learned that from? Who? You. I learned that from listening to your podcast. Boom. So when I was getting ready to start mine, I listened to a lot of yours to uh, figure out what would be the best way to uh, approach it. And I learned that from you. So thank you very much. And thank you for allowing me to interview you today. Absolutely. And I'll end this episode on a pitch, uh, which I know a lot of you don't like to hear, but we are officially offering podcasting services at Rival Digital. So that's so exciting. If you are thinking about starting a podcast, now is the time. I've been saying this on the Rival Road Show in the mornings for probably six months now, and there's only been one or two people who have been serious about it. Um, <clears throat> you need to start a podcast. At, like I literally, I do not care if you suck at public speaking. I don't care if you don't have the perfect microphone. Get some earbuds, hit record on your phone, and turn it into a podcast. There's way more SEO value in it than blogging. There's way more thought leadership capabilities in it, and there's way more content capabilities out of it. So start a podcast. Now's the time. It, I'm telling you, two years from now, if you don't start a podcast, you're going to be regretting it. So start a podcast, and uh, we can help you with that. Awesome. All right. Well, Alyssa, I appreciate you uh, joining me and interviewing me. This was a very, really cool episode. Uh, first time being interviewed on my own podcast, so that was really fun. And um, 
the rival team will see you and Joey and the rest of the Rogers crew bright and early tomorrow morning. And yeah. All right. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.